We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, everybody. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe. We're coming to you following uh, the Mavericks losing Game 7 to the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, 111-126. Josh, how you doing? Not, I'm not well. Um, yeah. I don't know what to say, and I'm, I don't know if people are going to find this podcast listenable in a, in a way, because I'm sure that there are plenty of enthusiastic, optimistic Mavericks fans that are bitterly disappointed uh, and they have every right to be, uh, and I'm sure they don't want to hear what I'm probably about to say, but, um, we were right and we've been right since 2019 and I'm insanely embarrassed that this is the roster that the Mavericks felt like was suitable enough for Luka Doncic in year two, uh, after an all NBA season. I am disappointed that this is the same roster they thought was okay after he won uh, handedly rookie of the year. Um, this is a bad roster and I don't know how much more I can say it. And I've, we've, me and you have been screaming uh, about this for years and it's just, I was pulling for this team and I, I think everyone knows that I've been pretty rational in my writing and I've tried to look on the bright side and I've tried to hold my tongue because at the end of the day, Luca is so good, uh, and they've they've been on some winning runs. And I thought, okay, maybe they've turned a corner. Um, but man, it just it. I'm not like happy. By the way, like this sucks. Um, and it was a just a brutally disappointing afternoon. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, I mean, I recorded. I you know, I. I for the first time since game one, I did a recap. And when I recap, I tend to really, really, really watch the game. I don't tweet as much. I try not to overreact because I'm just, I'm, I'm watching what happens. I'm watching why it happens. It's not such an emotional response. And when you go through this, this, 
what's happened the past two games, you come down with the fact that the roster as constructed is not good enough. And when you go up 2-0 against the Clippers, it gave our whole fan base this false sense of security. But I understand why. You want to have fun. You want to have hope. But the Mavericks shot the lights out. And then for the last several games, they've just not been able to replicate it. Um, and and I don't – it's not just the shooting. The shooting is like the easiest telltale indicator. When I'm pretty sure they shot like right around 30% from three. I don't have the box score pulled up. I probably should. Um, and, and I I don't want to say I saw it coming, but there were just enough mistakes once again. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith, who played an absolutely outstanding game for Dorian, he committed a number of absolutely insane turnovers. Um, his defense on hot shooting perimeter guys, once again, he doesn't, he, he, he gets, he gets beat up dribble. You know, he's an offensive rebounding machine, which I love. And he's able to drill the open three pointer. But when he put the ball on the floor, he made mistakes when he, I mean, that was, it's just little limitations like that. Again, when you're in the playoffs, these, these, like they get exploited, frankly, um, Richardson, Josh Richardson played again. And I got, um, I, I couldn't tell one of the, one of the local Dallas guys was like, I couldn't tell if he was being negative or whatnot, but Josh Richardson um, had one more field goal in the series than he has turnovers. And that's the big trade guy that they made. He was their big off season acquisition. And so for the second straight off season, the, what Dallas did outside of resigning their own guys was a bust. And, you know, you live and die on these sorts of things when you're building a team. Um, and the Mavericks just haven't been good enough around the edges. I think there's there's something to be said about some of Carlisle's coaching in game six and part of game seven. Um, but I, 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 of the power rankings of frustration, when you give a guy limited tools, you get limited results. And this is just going to be our theme. People are going to get mad at us probably for talking about this this offseason, but it it it's what matters, and I don't understand the 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 takes otherwise. Yeah, and it was really like it's really weird because if this it's really weird how a series goes that really determines how you feel about it. Because if we told you before the playoffs started that the Mavericks would push uh, the Clippers to seven games, we'd probably be like. Well, it's disappointing that they did not win a first round series, but man, you know, the Clippers are the favorite. They pushed them to seven. Like there's, there's something there, but when you win the first two games on the road and you have games three and four at home, when you win game five on the road and you have game six at home, like that's, I don't know. Is it embarrassing? I don't know. Like that's bad. It's bad. I know it's really bad. You had, you basically had, you just needed to win two out of three home games after you went up 2-0 and it didn't happen. Um, I don't know what that says. I mean, it says a lot about how limited this roster is. I cannot believe Boban Marjanovic had to play 31 minutes, and he was actually kind of good in a weird set. Like, he had 14 points, 10 rebounds. Defensively, they were shredded by the zone, and that was going to happen. The Clipper, this was the – wasn't this the game? Like, the Clippers bounced back 20 and 43 from three. They hit some crazy shots. Uh, but when you play zone against an NBA team, that's what's going to happen. And they had to play zone because they can't guard the rim. So – it's just if the Mavericks had guys that can make stops that they wouldn't have to play a zone, pure and simple. And they don't have guys that can get stops. And the Clippers yeah. kind of did whatever they wanted. All ser- even in games one and two, they did what they wanted. Well, all series. so we kind of got to talk about this in two big picture senses. Like the Clippers shooting was going to happen at some point. They were the best shooting three-point team in regular season history. 
and they had shot poorly just enough to where they were shooting about 35% through six games. And today they shot 46%. That difference is the sort of thing that we saw with the Mavericks in game one and two, where they were shooting the lights out. It was just going to regress at some point. Like Luke Kennard is a, like him not playing was always something that didn't make sense to me, at least with, with the way Dallas plays, because Luke Kennard shot eight threes a game last year and hit 40% of them. Like he's not a, he's a good player. Like, he would be in the Dallas rotation, for example. And so it just, it, it was, it's just that this game in particular felt one where things got out of hand in the third quarter on a 22 to four run. Dallas went up 81 to 76 and the Clippers simply responded and Dallas had nothing. Uh, Luca was tired. And I wrote about that in my recap where it is unfair to ask Luca to do more and yet if he wants to play an offense where he has the ball all the time, he can't afford to look like he, he ate a Whopper yesterday or, you know, at halftime. And he was dragging ass. Um, it's not purely on him. You know, when other guys get open looks and they don't bury him, which is kind of what happened during that attempt at a, at a, at a run in the fourth, you know, what do you do? But uh, there's just enough here to where I look at this roster and I think, they they gotta find you know you you can't play Trey Burke in a closeout game like what what is happening and you but know that, had, what are they gonna do yeah that's the, the roster, flip side the roster sucks Kirk Brunson it was sucks. Brunson who is one of who has become one of my favorite Mavs to watch even though I I rip on him in games he's very skilled was absolutely in quicksand like just could not find anything and and so you know people are probably I was getting messages where it's like why isn't Josh Green going in and I'm like guys like. I don't have to tell you this. Like, if you're clamoring for Josh Green in game seven of the playoff series, it's already over. Uh, I don't, you know. Um, I just, I tweeted this out. I mean, we could do this. We're not going to do this live, but like, man, look at, look at all these playoff rosters. Take away the best player on all of these playoff rosters in the 2021 playoffs and then rank the rosters after that. How many are the Mavs beating? And be honest with yourself, and you'll be really shocked at the answer. Um, maybe the Knicks and the Wizards are the only two I can think off the top of my head. But you get in the playoffs when you like get better players. It's not hard. Like the thing that I'm tired about the Mavericks is that it's time. It's time to stop moneyballing this. It's time to stop thinking they're smartest guys in the room. It's time for them to spend money. It's time for them to get in the luxury tax and it's time for them to accept that, hey, you might have to overpay players to get here because you just cannot win in the NBA when you're at such a talent disadvantage. I don't care how good you are at the margins. The margin helps when you've already got the roster and you've got the top three or four guys. So it's really frustrating because you look at how good the Mavericks are at at scraping the bottom of the barrel of, of free agency and undrafted free agents and all that stuff. They're so good at that. Imagine if they signed like two or three more high-level starters, how much more impactful that skill would be. Because you look at these teams like the Lakers and these teams that are capped out that struggle to make the moves after the big moves. And it's it drives me nuts. Like, look at this. Dorian Finney-Smith, undrafted free agent. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, I, I love him to death, but he was, the Knicks wanted him to go away because he was paid so much money. You know, Josh Richardson – Second round pick. He's been traded twice before he came to the Mavericks. Dwight Powell, yeah. second round pick. Maxi Kleba, undrafted free agent. Jalen Brunson, second round pick. T- Trey Burke, out of the league until the Mavericks signed him. Willie Cauley-Stein, yeah. 
two teams traded him. Like, I'm how are you supposed to build a championship roster on one of the best players in the NBA when you're getting the league's table scraps to surround Mm -hmm. him? And I'm sorry, that's harsh. These guys are, and it's not these guys' fault. I want to say that it's not these guys' fault. No, they're they're put in a position. position. Yeah, Yeah. it's absurd. Yeah, I mean the Clippers are are a very talented team, and we saw. You know, Luca took them to the brink. It's going to be pretty preposterous. Like, he has 13 playoff games all against the Clippers. It's just, it's very strange. Um, one of the things that we're seeing just in terms of an impending, I want to talk about this now, I just want to get in front of it, is an impending narrative thing is, I do believe that this is going to quickly become a conversation between Rick Carl, like, about who Dallas should do something with, Rick Carlisle or Donnie Nelson. Um there's just enough. I've heard just enough to be concerned that the Mavericks would move on from Rick Carlisle or agree to part oh, ways. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm not a, I'm, and I'm not a here's stuff guy. Like I get told a bunch of shit, but I don't ever report on it. Cause I think reporting is, is not a good use of my time. Um, because I don't know what I'm doing, but I've heard enough to where it's, I think it becomes a conversation. Um, and it's interesting to me because, you know, there were some some instances last game, which we didn't even talk about, where like Luca got very frustrated with Rick. And I think that's kind of a like I, I think that's kind of a thing where where it's just a lot of time together. These guys have had they played a lot of games together. And I I don't think like sick of is not not the right phrase here, but I I it wouldn't be shocked if if somebody goes to Luca and Luca says, I wouldn't mind a change um, just because there's been enough. There's been enough there. And I think that would be a mistake, though. I do understand that when you look at at changes, you look at all changes. You you kind of do an audit and and the Mavericks in this situation after going up 0-2 and then losing game seven. Regardless of what they're talking about, they're gonna have to look at all of this. And I I it, it's gonna be a thing. Obviously, we have no say. Um, but it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if this becomes kind of the defining narrative of the next few weeks for the Mavericks. Uh, maybe it won't because Dallas is very good about keeping stuff in house. Um, everything that I've heard has has been on the external side. No Mavericks people, of course, because I don't really I don't talk to any of them. Um, I don't. I'm not a Tim Cato. I don't have sources, but it's it's it, other other media people um, is the thing. And so this is just something that I'm I'm curious about what happens because I wish it wasn't the narrative. I what I want it to be is how does this roster improve, and what and where do you go from here. Yeah, this is this is the summer of all summers, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Luca is due for his crazy extension. Um, when does that actually kick in? Year after next, but okay. he could, he's eligible to sign it. I'm sure pretty soon, and then they have yeah. like the, the the year where he gets paid his final year of his rookie contract, and then it next goes year. In. Yeah, so this is kind of the last summer before they are really like, they're not really locked in right now. When you look at the roster and you look at the contracts, it's actually kind of hilarious how not yeah. locked in they actually are. Um, the two, the biggest con two biggest contracts on the team are Chris Dops and Tim Hardaway jr. And Tim Hardaway jr. Is free agent. Everyone else is making like 12 million or less, yeah. which I cannot emphasize enough is peanuts. And if they yeah. really wanted to move guys and shake this up, they absolutely could. You know, mm-hmm. Dwight Powell makes what is what does Dorian Finney Smith make four million a year? Uh, Maxi Kleba makes eight million a year. Like these, these are not like dead weight contracts that this team is saddled with. Um, so they definitely, if they want to do something, they can. And that's been the question, right? Because we saw twenty nineteen, it it didn't seem like they were interested in doing much at all. Um, so that's it's hard to swallow. Um, but this is it, like. 
if they don't make any substantial change this summer, when Luca's extension kicks in, like that's when a lot of people like to say that they're kind of they're they're kind of inflexible now. Mm-hmm. When Luca's contract kicks in, his extension, that's the that's when the inflexibility really starts, and that's when things get really really hard. Uh, so they have an opportunity this off season to make the changes they want to make, if and they have to be committed as an organization to look themselves in the mirror and to be honest with themselves and admit mistakes. Um, they're not very good at admitting mistakes. Uh, no, they, we, so, all we hear is why they were right about situations despite facts and evidence. And I don't know where to deal with this because they've had the same core roster since February of 2019. And, you know, that, yeah. that just kind of is what it is. We're going to we're gonna keep harping on that. People are going to get tired of it. But, you know, in terms of this game, I thought it was it just, it, you know, they just ran out of gas at the wrong time. Um, and the Clippers were a they're, – they're better overall talent. I mean, what they lack is a point guard. They, they yes. just don't really have – you know, if they get even a, a reasonable – point guard who's not a gunner um i know this sounds stupid but like goran dragic playing like 20 minutes a game for them i think they're a much better team um and they just don't have that guy and 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 dallas hung with them and and you know should they have won i think there's a lot of missed opportunities and this that that's what we're gonna think about we're gonna think about a lot of the things that that dallas had chances in game six and game seven and they just couldn't do it Um, yeah and and that's the thing it's 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 should they have won the series before the series? Well, maybe no, because they're not as talented a team. But after you get the gift of those two, like, and admittedly, those were two outlier hot shooting performances, no. that's the expectation shift. And whether that's fair or not, I mean, it's it's a hard business, man. Like, uh, their judgment is is served and really swiftly, and narratives change really fast. And whether it's fair or not, that's just kind of how it works. Uh, and when you're... When you're up 2-0 and you've got three games three and four at home and you don't win any of them, and you get game like and you get game five on the road and you don't win game six, like I, that's kind of those are the games that make me mad. Like this game individually doesn't make me as mad as games three, four, or uh, six because those were the games where like you had you had the opportunities um and like this game was kind of the culmination of like they ran out of time right like they mm-hmm. they they extended this series as far as they go they pushed this roster as far as it could and it broke like the dam broke and the, and the water rushed in uh and they had the opportunity to seal it before then uh and they didn't and this is what happened like you know how many yep. upset NBA, you know, there's not a lot of upsets in the NBA playoffs. It's just it doesn't happen with the seven game series, which is why when they happen, they feel so historic. Um, so the talent in the NBA usually wins out, and the Mavericks tried to bucket a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. and they played over their heads, and they couldn't fit, they couldn't seal the deal. Yeah, I don't know. no, I'm just mad though. Yeah. I'm really not, which is a role <laughs> reversal. I know I'm um, yelling more than you. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm just kind of sad. Um, yeah. Because this is fun. Like this has been fun. It's it's been an up and down series with a lot, or uh, not just series, but season with like a lot of emotion. And I think, you know, my my favorite recurring role this year is that like our website, you know, particularly by the 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 just social media. Like I don't think this is true of the fan base at large because the fan base at large doesn't know who individual media people are. No one cares. Um, if the media, if a media member is ever a story, then that media member has usually done something wrong. Uh, and that includes like tertiary media like us who are kind of podcasters. But 
I think that the thing that's cracked me up is how people like have come to define my in-game tweeting with our website, whereas our <laughs> website so produces just with Twitter and Facebook to a degree and, and parts of Reddit, but our website produces incredible work. We have crushed it this year. And I have some interesting, we have some interesting ideas for off season where, you know, really the only hardcore people after transactional stuff, only the hardcore people really care. There's no draft. There's none of that this year. So we're going to have to, to get cute and get creative with our content. But the thing about the NBA start, you know, we're playing first round playoff games in June, as opposed to <laughs> mid like six weeks earlier, we actually kind of have six weeks cut off our schedule. Um, and so there, there's going to be less, you know, we'll be back at this uh, on a day-to-day basis, probably as soon as September, um, late September, mid-September, something like that, because the basketball season will start again, you know, November 15th. So, you know, we've had a lot of fun doing this, and I, I'm really looking forward to kind of what comes in the weeks and months, and I'm going to do my best to not get super pissy about some things, Um just because, again, it's like what I think, what we think. It's all good and it's fun to talk about. It's, it, but we just have no bearing on any of these discussions. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, uh, I think we can influence a little bit of the narrative. I think where we succeed, uh, and and I've been pushing some of our our colleagues in the Maverick field with this, is to stop buying the Mavericks line hook line and sinker you don't have to uh, ah donnie says just wait like you don't have to 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 go oh interesting because they've they don't have that benefit of the doubt what i want to hear is results i'm not here for headlines or quotes i want to hear what they plan to do how they plan to do it and why those things need to be addressed now i understand that's not going to happen, <laughs> but I still want it. And I'm looking forward to trying to get it this off season fan bases. Uh, there's a line between being, you know, being demanding and being crazy. And we, we, as a fan base, I think need to demand a little bit more from, from what's going on right now, because when you have a top three player in the game, like Luka Doncic, nothing else matters. Everything right. is secondary feelings, um, coaching front office, all that stuff is secondary. And so I'm just, I'm really interested to see what happens this offseason. This is going to be a lot of fun and probably some, some, a lot of emotion. Yeah. And I think what, like, I just, I mean, I might have probably going off on the side tangent here, but I think the thing that makes me mad is like why I'm mad is because I feel like for two years I was saying something that ended up being right. And yeah. for two years I got told you're, you're wrong or not just you're wrong, but Oh, you're just a hater or you're pessimistic. And I'm like, Jesus, like, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, I don't want to be like, I told you so because this result sucks and I'm not rooting for this result. It's just, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel when you get told you're wrong for two years, when you're, when the opposite yeah. is happening, Yes, you feel like you're going crazy. Like you're just losing your mind. Uh, and yeah. there's just an echo chamber with Mavs Media where it just swallows up any type of true criticism. And yeah. uh, I don't know, you know, like, yeah, best organization in sports, best franchise in sports, and, like, they haven't won a playoff Top series. Top three brain years. trust, blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah. Like, like get I'm, out of here with this. And I'm, I'm not like, here I'll, for PR. And I'll be right there for when they make, like, I thought the Josh Richardson move was good at the time. Didn't work. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. But, like, I will... I will genuinely, I will genuinely look 
on the bright side of things norm like normally but when yeah. things are so obvious like what am i sp- i'm not going to say something that i don't think is true yeah. uh so that's that's the part i'm mad about uh but yeah this is this is going to be quite the off season it's yeah. going to be it's going to be pretty crazy yeah i mean i'm i'm before we get out just a couple more game 7 thoughts um i thought kristaps porzingis played within the role that was defined for him and was he didn't hit some threes but he did what was there and I, it's not you know you, you don't want to praise a guy for for doing the thing he get you know it but i i just I, i'm glad about that I, i'm glad that the post game seven narrative is not solely chris Stapps porzingis he's part of it he's part of it but it was a bet you know there was there was more there was more there and you know maybe we'll, we'll uh, he finished the the season healthy for the first time in his career and and that cannot be understated huge so I, is huge I, yeah and so it's just little things like that I'm looking forward I'm just there's a lot to be exceptionally optimistic about it's just what I recommend to everybody is approach these things with healthy skepticism that's all. Yes, exactly. Just don't, like you said, just don't buy in and buy what they're, what they're telling the media. Like it's just, don't just accept everything they say as fact. Um, and that's, I understand that's, that can be tough to do. Cause you know, it's, it's cause the Mavericks are very good at it. They're very good at playing the media game. Uh, they're very good at making sure that their the company line is towed. Um, Speaking more about the game, because man, we really haven't talked about the game that much. Oh, I mean, I'm so, sorry. What are you so talking mad. about? The Clippers hit a ton of threes. They played zone, <laughs> uh, and the Mavericks carved them up. Luca, you know, missed, still missed some free throws. Role player, you know, Tim Hardaway, just like he's he's going to leave a bad taste in Mavs fans' mouths. He missed a lot of threes. Um, but, he was bad from yeah. game after game two to the, yeah. end of the series, and and that's you know he had been on such a hot streak. It felt like it was coming. Yep. So uh, the thing about Kristaps, uh, can I say that is super hilarious, is that everyone was saying after game six, uh, get him more threes, uh, you know, get him, treat him like a shooting guard. Then if they're going to play this weird style with him where they they treat him as just a guy that sits in the corner for spacing, get him more threes, get him more threes. Uh, oh, for five from three uh, yep. tonight. So that yep. that's a tough one. Uh, so, <laughs> well, we're going to have some interesting content. Um, we have a new contributor who I'm not going to say his name yet, but he told me he wants to write something in the game, um, that I'm really looking forward to because I've really enjoyed some of his other work. Um, and you know, I'm sure you'll have a column. I'm sure what we'll do in the yeah. coming days and weeks is, is kind of approach it, um, with, with some sort of boilerplate content. I hate to be boring about it, but I would like to go, I would like to talk about the roster along with kind of our player reviews that we tend to do. And then that should get us at least through the end of the second round um, where, and you know, uh, there's, there's some, there's a lot we could do here, but you know, the game itself, it's just, it's kind of time to, you, know, you put this one away and, and you, you, you point your eyes towards the future. That's awfully poetic and, and, and sentimental. Kirk, what, why am I the mad one? What's going on? What happened? Well, my wife, my wife yelled at me, but because I got mad and cursed in front of our son during the <laughs> oh, game, so no, I feel I'm like so I feel sorry. like <laughs> I may have yelled, "What the fuck are you doing?" at the television at some point, and she <laughs> shot 
eye lasers at me. And then because for the rest of the game, Parker would also yell at the TV. But like as a five year old, he doesn't know what he's yelling at and yelled like not like cursing or anything, but would just like yell nonsensical stuff like, why is this game still on? (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, I I felt pretty, uh, you know, that sort of way. All right. Well, then let's get out of here. Then I guess I don't know what else to say. Well, guys, it's been quite the season. This has been Josh yes. Bow and Kirk Henderson. We have had an out- absolutely outstanding year of growth. We've had a lot of feedback. I love hearing from you guys about what you want more of, what you want less of. I know my audio was crap for a big chunk of the season. I finally got that figured out. Uh, I got to tell you, your rating and reviews and sort of the grassroots nature of how we grow this podcast is extremely helpful. So tell your friends, tell your family, get them into podcasts because, you know, there's there's a lot of Mavs content that you can choose from. I recommend going around and not just, just listening to us and hearing from us uh, because we all have different opinions and levels of expertise. This is supposed to be fun. Sports is supposed to be fun. He had to remind himself again and again and again. Um, <laughs> but we really appreciate all the, 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 the clicks, the views, the feedback. It's been wonderful. Uh, this has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow closing out the regular season for the 2020-2021 Mavericks, and we will talk to you guys soon enough. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.